your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 620 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, thought we would go ahead and dive into some of the biggest uh, takeaways from Chris Drury's end-of-season presser that he had the other day. It was actually more of a conference call than a presser, but you get the idea. He was made available to members of the New York media, and obviously a wide range of topics were discussed, and he obviously fielded a lot of questions, and we're getting to some of the bigger things that were talked about during that conference call and some of Drury's answers, you know, regarding different things such as Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco and the respective development of each player. Capo Caco, of course, recently was controversially scratched in Game 6 against the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're also going to talk about Drury's thoughts on the Rangers potentially needing to address, not even potentially, the need to address second-line center. Because as we've noted in the past, Andrew Kopp, Ryan Strom, both unrestricted free agents, no guarantee that either player is back next season. Although I would say the door is at least open for at least one of them to return. Be shocked if they were both back. I just don't know how you make that work with a salary cap situation. Uh, But we'll get into that. And we'll also just talk about some of Jury's general thoughts on the Rangers this season. Obviously, uh, you know, kind of exceeding expectations and making it all the way to the Eastern Conference Final, just two wins away from playing in the Stanley Cup Final. And I will say, you know, watching a little bit of Game 1 last night, that's when it really hits you. It's like, yeah, the Avalanche, Tampa Bay Lightning, they're both out there. They're both great teams. They're playing for the Stanley Cup. And damn, you know, the Rangers aren't part of it. You know, the the season actually is continuing, and uh, the Rangers were eliminated by the Tampa Bay Lightning. It really just kind of sinks in a little bit when you actually see the Stanley Cup Final happening and the Rangers obviously not being in it. But keeping our attention on Chris Drury here, you've got, uh, he was asked about Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco, and, you know, if they could be bound for top six roles. And I will say, before we get into some of Drury's thoughts, the kid line was at times, you know, not always, but I thought they were at times the Rangers' best line in the postseason, at least for certain games, certain chunks of games here and there. Uh, there were games where they clearly had the most energy out of all the Ranger lines, racked up more ozone time than any other line. Uh, their ice time did not always reflect how well they played. I know there were a lot of Ranger fans that felt like the kids should have been probably getting a little bit more ice time. You can count me among you. And the Rangers, they played 20 Stanley Cup playoff games. Capo Caco was in 19 of them. He was obviously scratched for the last one. And for this stat that I'm about to, uh, you know, go into here, I'm not going to count game one against Pittsburgh as far as time on the ice because that went three overtimes. And naturally, every player on both sides is going to get a ton of ice time. But besides that, Capo Caco in the playoffs, the other 19 Ranger playoff games, he only twice in those 19 games skated for more than 13 minutes. And 17 times in the other 19 Ranger playoff games, Kako had less than 13 minutes. And that includes the healthy scratch game, which he obviously did not play in. Uh, On top of that, his ice time, if you just look game by game, the game logs, his ice time generally decreased as the playoffs progressed. And 
Counting the healthy scratch game, he had fewer than 12 minutes of ice time in 10 of the last 11 Stanley Cup playoff games that the Rangers played. Now, Alexi Lafreniere, he generally got a little bit more time than Capo Caco, but even he had 13 minutes or fewer in nine of the Rangers' 20 Stanley Cup playoff games. And of course, you know, the, the game against Pittsburgh, he had more than that, but that's a triple overtime game, so of course he did. And uh, his ice time, Lafreniere that is, it also kind of fell off a cliff during the Tampa series. The lone exception was game six when he had 17 minutes and 27 seconds of ice time, was seeing uh, a little bit of time on the top line for the Rangers during that game. But besides that, yeah, his ice time really decreased. And it's kind of hard to figure out because, again, there were at times where that kid line was just giving the Rangers a jolt, giving them some really good play, and uh, at times, like I said, was the best line that the Rangers had, at least during different portions of the playoffs. But this is what Chris Jury had to say about Capo Caco. Kako is an all-world player, a young player who's still developing. He and I had a real good discussion before he left yesterday. And he was also asked about Gallant's decision to scratch Capo Kako for Game 6, and this is what he had to say about that. It's Turk's lineup card, and I support the decision he made. And so again, a little bit of GM speak there, but I think the one big takeaway from what Jury said is that he and Capo Caco indeed, you know, had a discussion. I don't know how long it lasted, but Jury at least made it a point to go up to Capo Caco and talk to him a little bit about, you know, everything that happened. I would assume, obviously, the healthy scratching in Game 6, if not, you know, everything else that Caco did this season. Uh, I do find it a little bit odd that Gallant didn't talk to Caco at all before his decision to make him a healthy scratch. I'm not really sure if they talked about it afterward. And of course, Gerard Gallant doesn't need to talk to Capo Caco. He isn't required to talk to Caco. I mean, he is the coach. He's the boss. What he says goes. But to just hang the lineup up in the dressing room and just let Caco find out that way does come off as a little bit cold and a little bit distant. And, you know, Kako, he'd been in the lineup all year. He'd been in a top nine role all year. Maybe every once in a blue moon, he'd be out there on the fourth line. But for the most part, any top nine role for this Ranger team all season, uh, obviously games that he missed due to injury notwithstanding. And Kako, by the way, in the playoffs, he did end up with just two goals and three assists in 20 games, or in his case, 19 games, because, of course, he was healthy scratch for the final game of the Rangers postseason run. And that's after a regular season in which he had just 18 points in 43 games. So, you know, the playoff numbers for Kako don't really jump off the page, but I still thought it was the best hockey that we've seen him play. He was doing some of the dirty work along the boards. He was showing a knack for maintaining possession of the puck. Opponents were having a really hard time separating him from the puck. There was actually a shift toward the end of, I think it was game two against Pittsburgh. Uh, the Rangers had a one goal lead. It was late and Kako got possession of the puck behind the Penguins net. And man, he's going this way. He's going that way. They're, they're trying to get the puck away from him. They're trying to put their body on him. They can't even do that. I mean, he was completely elusive. And even when they got to him, it took them forever to finally get the puck away. There were like three Penguins all over him. And he's still, you know, keeping the puck pinned to the boards and uh, preventing the Penguins from going away with it as precious time was ticking off the clock for the Penguins. That's just one example of, you know, a strong play by Capo Caco. There was also, of course, the shift, as it's now known, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Kako was out there for that. Uh, the Rangers just would not give up the puck late in the second period. They had the puck on Tampa's side of the ice. Kako, during the middle of all this, got a pass in the slot, turned, and just ripped it at the net. It was turned aside by Andre Vasilevsky. The Rangers went on to score later in that shift. I mean, they had the puck on Tampa's side of the ice for probably a good minute and a half there. And then, of course, Heedle finally ends up scoring. And Kako didn't have the puck for as long as some other players on the Rangers did during this sequence, but he still definitely had a hand in it. And again, I just think that Kako 
whether he's underachieved or not. And I think at this point, we have to say he has underachieved relative to where the Rangers drafted him and what the expectations were for him. But I still think he's been a part of this team, and I still think it was a mistake to make Kako a healthy scratch in Game 6, both in the short term and in the long term. The long term, of course, being because this could have, uh, you know, repercussions as far as the relationship between the Rangers and Capo Kako. And I just don't think it's worth that to sit Capo Kako down for one game to get Dryan Hunt into the lineup. Forgive me if I'm mistaken there, but that's just my take on it. But Drury also had this to say, there's obviously a lot of belief from me and the staff of what his future holds. I know he's excited for a good offseason and to come back next year and be ready. And as for Lafreniere, these were Jury's thoughts on him. This is what he had to say. He really took some big steps after the All-Star break, at least in my opinion. He found a different level. And he also, you know, talked a little bit about the idea of Alexi Lafreniere possibly moving to right wing. Obviously, the Rangers are a lot deeper at left wing than they are at right wing. But this is what he had to say about a possible position change for Alexi Lafreniere. His play will dictate what line he's on. As you all know, there's nothing guaranteed, but he's a heck of a player with a bright future. If he ends up playing on the right in the top six, I think we'll be a pretty good team. And I would have to agree with Chris Jury. I mean, we saw Alexi Lafreniere move to the right wing on the uh, line with Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider, and that was some of the best hockey that we've seen Alexi Lafreniere play. He had a five or six game point streak while he was playing with those two, and the fact that he moved from the left side to the right side really didn't seem to be much of an issue for him. And then, of course, Frank Vitrano was traded for, and Vitrano ended up uh, slotting in on that top line while Alexi Lafreniere was on the third line with the other kids. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's any qualms about potentially moving Alexi Lafreniere to the right side if you're looking to kind of balance out the lineup a little bit more. And Alexi Lafreniere, for his part, he's already said that he wants to play in the top six. He said as much during exit interview Day, this is what he had to say about it. I want to play in the top six eventually. I think that's my goal. And I'll have some final thoughts on this in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the Stanley Cup Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline where the game starts. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and we have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. A couple of other big takeaways from Chris Jury's, you know, end of season conference call here. He mentioned that the Rangers are still waiting to find out if Ryan Strom will need surgery for his pelvic injury, which he obviously spent the entire playoffs playing through. It's interesting because on Monday, Strom actually mentioned that he would find out on Tuesday if he needed surgery. And this episode that you're hearing right now 
is being recorded on Thursday, and yet we still do not know for sure one way or the other if Strom will need surgery or not. And you also can't help but wonder if this injury to Ryan Strom will affect his free agent market, whether he re-signs with the Rangers or ends up going somewhere else. And I think the latter is more likely at this point. But you got to wonder if you know an injury like this could at least hurt him a little bit, maybe in terms of average annual value for his next contract or the length of the contract. It's difficult to skate hard, I got to believe, if your pelvis is compromised. And I'm no doctor or anything like that. I can't tell you if injuries like this are the type of injuries that could linger. But I do wonder if there could be some teams that are a little bit scared away from this injury, or at least, you know, their interest and what they'd be willing to pay Strom could take a little bit of a hit. Uh, something else that is related to Strom, and it's something that Chris Jury mentioned during this, you know, end of season presser here. He talked about the second line center spot and how it will be a priority for the New York Rangers this offseason. This is what Jury had to say. It's a very important position for us and for any team. Centers are hard to get. That's one we're looking at. We've been looking at and we continue to discuss. And yeah, there's a lot of different ways this could go. I mean, obviously, if you're the Rangers, you got a couple of in-house options here. You've got a couple of impending unrestricted free agents that could come back in the role of second line center. That would obviously be Ryan Strom and Andrew Kopp. Bringing at least one of them back definitely remains on the table. Like I said earlier, I don't think there's any chance that they're both back. I think also at this point, I'd probably lean a little bit more toward Andrew Kopp over Ryan Strom. But this is also why I've said to everyone who can't wait to run Ryan Strom out of town, be careful what you wish for. Because Strom, you know, he was the subject of trade talk last offseason. And a lot of Ranger fans were all about it. And my very simple question to all the pro-trade Ryan Strom fans that the Rangers have, as far as last season is concerned, was, okay, you trade Ryan Strom, who centers the second line? They really didn't have any other options at that point. Of course, now they do have a couple of other options. They could always re-sign Andrew Kopp and have him fill that role. You've also got Philip Heedle coming off of a very impressive postseason. So maybe he's ready for that challenge where he's centering the Panarin line, the second line, and he's out there at center with Panarin on his left wing and somebody else on his right wing, or maybe the entire kid line basically just goes from being the third line to the second line next season, and Philip Hedl is the center of that line. That's something else that certainly uh, remains in play here. Uh, you've also got Barclay Goodrow. You know, he can obviously play some center free and step into a top six role in a pinch, but I tend to prefer Barclay Goodrow in the bottom six. I think his game is tailor-made for it, and he just doesn't have the offensive fireworks. I mean, I know he just set a new career high in points in a season, but he just doesn't have the offensive fireworks to be a fixture in the top six. If, if the Rangers want to move him into the top six every now and then, I'm totally cool with that. But I think you got to aim a little bit higher as far as a second line center because you're looking for somebody who can contribute offensively. I think the Rangers, you know, if, if Kopp and Strom, if they both end up walking, Rangers could always look to sign a different unrestricted free agent from somewhere else around the league. Uh, looking quickly at a list of unrestricted free agents, I mean, there are some centers available, but Rangers, they're not going to get Bergeron. They're not going to get Giroux. Vincent Trocek is out there. He's always been a personal favorite of mine, but I don't see that happening either. He's coming off of a deal that paid him $4.75 million per season. That's more than both Kopp and Strom have been making over these past couple of years here. So I don't think Trocek is a realistic option either. Uh, you know, in a future episode, we'll dive into, you know, some targets that the Rangers could have in free agency, and we'll try to find a center that could be a fit for this team. But as far as, you know, the big name guys, I, I just don't see it at this point. Um, but yes, Jury does see center as a priority. And for what it's worth, uh, Kevin Rooney is also an unrestricted free agent. So 
basically, if you're the Rangers right now, Mika's under contract, Mika's a Benjad, and that's about it as far as Rangers centers are concerned. Barclay Goodrow, once again, of course, can obviously play center. So I guess technically there are two centers under contract, but the Rangers are going to need to do something to solidify that position, whether that's resetting one of their own guys, adding someone in free agency, maybe striking a trade. We'll see what happens. There's nobody like in the minors that looks like they're ready to go as far as, you know, making the Ranger opening night roster next season. I suppose stranger things have definitely happened, but yeah, the Rangers, like Drury said, uh, that's going to be a priority for them is figuring out that second line center spot. And I'll leave you with uh, one more quick quote from Drury here regarding that very topic. It's an important position for us and for any team. Centers are hard to get and they're hard to keep and they're so important to the day in and day out life of your team throughout the season. And yeah, that pretty much says it all. Like I said, uh, they're going to have to find, I, I know the salary cap's a little tight right now, but one way or another, they're going to have to uh, you know, get somebody that's worthy of being a second line center onto this roster before next season. I think that certainly, as Jury said, will be one of his priorities this season. And we will continue to talk about more takeaways from Jury's end of season conference here, and we will do that in just a second. All right, so yesterday's episode was dedicated entirely to the Kravtsov situation. Will he be back? Will he be traded in the offseason? What does Jury think about Kravtsov? And, you know, we talked uh, in quite a bit of detail about everything that's happened with Kravtsov and everything that could potentially still happen as far as how this whole thing is going to shake out. But I will just mention one quote from Chris Jury about Kravtsov that I mentioned in yesterday's episode, and this is what he had to say about Kravtsov. I don't think we've ever wavered from our stance of he's an all-world talent. He does a lot of things on the ice that a lot of people can't, like everyone else. Your play dictates where you end up, but we're certainly glad to have him back in the mix. And we'll see if the Rangers indeed are glad about that, because I still think that the most likely outcome here is that Krasov ends up getting traded in the offseason. Like I said, we will eventually see. And if you want more detail about this entire Krasov episode, then definitely Go ahead and check out yesterday's episode. We dive into the topic in great detail, but I'll leave you with one more quote from Chris Drury. This is just kind of him summing up the entire New York Rangers season this year. This is what he had to say. I couldn't be prouder of what our players and coaches accomplished this season. We have a special group in that room with high character, competitive players. It was evident to me and anyone who knew or watched our team how much these guys cared about each other on and off the ice. Obviously, we're disappointed we're not playing right now in the finals. We want to build on this experience as an organization and find ways to still be playing hockey. And yeah, he couldn't have said it much better. I mean, I think that's one of the things that I'm going to remember about this team the most is just how much it's just obvious how much these guys care, how much they wanted to do something special as a group, and they did do something special as a group. Making it to the Eastern Conference Final is nothing to sneeze at. And just how tight-knit of a group of players it really is. I mean, in all the years that I've watched the Rangers, I'm not sure I've ever seen a squad where, you know, everybody is this much on the same page. Everybody, you know, it just feels like a big group of friends, you know, and there's there's not cliques or divisions in the locker room or anything like that. It was a joy to watch and just made this team that much more fun to root for throughout the entire season here. But we could pretty much wrap up there. The only other thing that I want to mention, a couple of things, actually, we are available on YouTube. If you guys have not done so already, then definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers channel on YouTube. Every episode that is on audio platforms will be on YouTube and vice versa. But if you're subscribed to YouTube, you'll get some bonus content as well. You know, little uh, clips from episodes here and there and 
any appearances that I might have on Locked on NHL or whatever it might be uh, in the offseason. Definitely going to look to boost the YouTube channel and provide uh, some more content to you guys on there. So definitely subscribe to Locked on New York Rangers on YouTube if you've not already done so. And then also, uh, I continue to welcome everyone to share your Artemi Panarin stories. Panarin obviously scored the game-winning goal in Game 7 in overtime against the Pittsburgh Penguins, vaulting the Rangers into Round 2 and eliminating the despised Pittsburgh Penguins. And so, yeah, definitely share your stories with me. Who were you watching with? What was your reaction? What did you do? Did you think the Rangers were going to win that game? Would love to hear from you guys. I've already heard from a bunch of you, but would love to hear from even more of you as well. But uh, that will pretty much do it for today. The only other thing I wanted to mention is that, you know, again, we gathered a lot of new listeners, a lot of new viewers on YouTube during this New York Ranger Stanley Cup playoff run here, and understandably so. I mean, it was obviously tremendous fun, and I think people were just digesting as much Ranger content as they possibly could during that run. But again, any longtime listeners that have been here for a while, uh, you guys know we tend to have a lot of fun on this podcast, whether it's the preseason, the regular season, the playoffs, the offseason, whatever it might be, and uh, definitely stick around. You know, it's a very uh, fun, listener-inclusive show that we try to put together here for you guys, so uh, definitely looking forward to, you know, having some new listeners after this amazing playoff run that the Rangers had. And, you know, looking ahead to next week, we're going to start looking at all of the New York Rangers' impending unrestricted free agents. We'll spread these free agents across uh, probably about three different episodes. I want to do my best to spend as much time as possible on each free agent and look at every single player from every conceivable angle. I'm thinking we'll probably cover every UFA over the course of three episodes. So we'll definitely have that to look forward to next week as well. And sooner or later, I'm also going to have uh, our countdown of the top 10 greatest New York Ranger wins of this preceding season. We do this every year. And obviously this year, you got some playoff series to pick from as well. Although I'm probably going to limit uh, one win per playoff series for this list. Otherwise, you know, nine of the 10 best wins would probably all be playoff wins for the Rangers. So I figure we can call it there. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to start talking about some of the impending unrestricted free agents for the New York Rangers and discussing if the Rangers could and ultimately will bring them back for next season. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.